Good morning, guys. Hey, it's Palm Sunday. Man, this is start, the start of Holy Week, and I'm so glad you're here with us. I'm so glad you're watching online. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, that's what uh, we commemorate today. Everything changed because he went from that great moment to the cross, then the resurrection, then the ascension back to heaven, then the giving of the Holy Spirit. And what was left? Us. We were left. The church. And that's who we are. I'm so glad that you're here because you're the visible church. We see you and you are seen. And because you're seen, Jesus is seen. So don't ever take for granted your participation in the church. Your participation in the church is part of God's story to the world. And so sometimes we make those decisions. Should I go to church today or should I, should I participate? And we think it's like this individual decision when the truth is it's part of God's bigger story. We're part of God's bigger story together. And that's why what is happening this morning and what will happen this coming week is significant and it's a big deal for you and for us. Now on Palm Sunday, I know that a lot of you need a word from the Lord. A lot of you need hope. A lot of you need just something fresh for you. And I've been there too. I've been, I've walked into this room many times saying, I just need something, God. I I hope Aubrey does a good job leading worship music today because I'm the one preaching and I need something, God. And have you ever thought that too? Like who's preaching this week? Because I can kind of hear from him or her better than someone else. And you're just wanting that word from the Lord. And I'm thinking about you today because I understand that. But I'm going to talk about the church family. And when I talk about the church family, that doesn't exclude your need. Because those things interact with one another. God moves in individuals and he also moves in the community. And it's not one without the other. If there was not the change of heart that comes from the Holy Spirit, there would be no community. But Also, if there was no community, there wouldn't be a change of life because we don't mature and we don't change and we don't grow in isolation. We're we're not just receptors of information by ourselves or in a lab and we're created to live life isolated and that makes us fully human. We're only fully human when we're in community together. And that's why what we get to do is so important as the church. And already, listen, just being here today, just being online and, and, and participating with us has made a difference this morning. So I want to talk to you about eight reasons why I am praying, eight reasons I'm praying for CIL to grow. Because that's something I pray every day. I pray that our church would grow. And our church is growing. We've grown in a lot of ways. Uh, More people are participating than ever before when it comes to contributing, volunteer hours. We have more givers that are financially giving than ever before. Uh, We have an online presence that we didn't have three years ago, and that has changed uh, a lot of things for 
good. It's expanded our horizons. It's expanded our reach. And I thank God for that. Our staff is bigger than it's ever been before, which means that because you're part of this church family, for those of you who are called to this church family, you, you've created uh, opportunities to raise up uh, leaders who give their life vocationally, their occupation uh, to the Lord's work. And we're seeing an expansion in ministry of more small groups than ever before because we're a church of small groups. Uh, things are just increasing in a lot of areas. Now, an area that we could grow in is Sunday morning participation. There's a lot of reasons for that. Um, so we, we've got, we've got some, some space to grow in the two services we currently have. And that's one of the things I'm praying for. I'm praying every day, God, help our church to grow. You might say, well, I don't really want the church to grow. But you certainly don't want a pastor who doesn't want the church to grow. That's not a good thing at all. But I want you to want to grow. And that's why I want to present this to you today. And specifically, we know that there's many areas to grow in, but Sunday morning is our largest one-time gathering. And so in this service at 9 and at 1045, we have, we have space. I heard about a, I heard this firsthand, a very influential pastor who had made a huge impact upon this nation. I spoke to a group of pastors who were part of a denomination. And he's sharing with them ideas to grow. Ideas to grow the kingdom of God. Principles to grow. And 30 or 45 minutes into his presentation, he took some Q&A. And pretty fast they said, hey, can you tell us some funny stories about your ministry? And so he did. He told some stories. Warmed up the room. The room, they all laughed. And then he told... He told a small group of us, he said, I, I gave them what they wanted, but I decided I would never work with that group again. And here's the reason why. They weren't hungry. They weren't hungry. So why would I waste my time or give my gift? And that happens with a lot of things in life. A lot of things in life, we get kind of satisfied the way a family culture, like I like our family. I like the size of our family. I feel good. Things are predictable. I know where I'm going to sit. I know that if I come at 9.07, I can still sit exactly where I want to. Hey, that's not necessarily the will of God. <laughs> hey, as your pastor, I'm always excited when you can't sit where you want to sit because that means people are coming. You know, that's a, that's a good thing. But this, this principle applies that that we get comfortable with who we are. One of the phrases we like to say around here is this. We are a family expecting guests. So we love our culture. We love who we are. We love the warmth. We love the sense of community. We love being relational with one another. But the problem is that if that, all of that Christian community causes us to go like this to turn inward and we turn inward and we're just enjoying the warmth of being inwardly focused, then we've forgotten what Jesus has called us to do. So we open our hands and we say, let all of the good things God has given us as a family, let us give it now to the world. 
Now, I say all of this because I'm still thinking about your individual need. Don't check out on me yet because you're saying, I didn't come here to hear about the church growing. My life is a mess. I want you to hear this. When you know that you're called to a church family, some of you know you're called to this church family. Some of you are discovering that this morning. Some of you, God is speaking to you this morning. This is where you need to be. When you are called to a church family, your growth is their growth, growth, your, their growth is your growth because you're part of the family. And I want you to hear, about, hear this. Maturity, leadership development, growth, all of these things are yours and they are ours because God does them simultaneously. It's God in me and it's God among us. He is doing a great work and I see that in us. So let me, let me share the first reason why, why we want to grow. Here's number one. We will obey the Great Commission. We will obey the Great Commission. Some of you know what the Great Commission is and some of you don't. That's okay. We're all going to look at it again. Right before Jesus ascended back to heaven, he gave, he gave this charge to Christians. He gave this charge to us. And here it is in Matthew chapter 28, starting with verse 18. Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven on earth. So Jesus can do anything he wants to. <laughs> he said, all authority has been given to me. Now go, therefore, and make disciples. Now, I just want to give some commentary here. If I was Jesus, I, I would have come up with a better plan than us. He said, all authority in heaven's been given to me. I would have just superimposed everyone's will to serve the Lord. But he said, all authority's been given to me. Now I'm telling you to go. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And that word nations is really talking about ethnic groups, not necessarily, you know, as we think of Germany or as we think about Japan, nation states. But it's talking about groups of people. Go make disciples. Don't make converts only. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the Great Commission. And I'll say this for those of you who are with us on a normal, uh, normally, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Yeah, thank you for that word, oh Lord. That we have a mission. We have a call. We have a mandate. And we are benefiting from this right now. This, 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 these words were given in, in what we now call the country of Israel to a certain ethnic group called the Jews, but it has expanded all over the world. And here we are in the new world of North America, just a few hundred years into being here in these woods we call Tennessee. And the gospel has come to us. The good news about Jesus has come to us. We're one of those groups that Jesus has reached. So we benefited from that. That is why the mission statement of our church is this. It's so easy that every, every one of our CIL kids should know this. Know his love, share his love. 
We, we talk about that a lot. We, we are called, our mission, based off Matthew 28, 18 through 20, is to know his love and to share his love. We know his love through our Sunday morning experience, through the Bible studies Pastor Deborah mentioned, through the 242 groups, through discipleship with Awana, through what we do with all of the different discipleship opportunities. We, we come to know his love. We create this energy, but then we open our hands to share his love. Because one is incomplete without the other. That's why we are a church on mission. We are people on mission. We are people with the call. That's why every single thing you do connected to this church, your volunteer hours, your giving, your your participating, your praying, praying for the church, you're on mission with God and with us together. We're doing this together. You know, we don't necessarily say, we, well, we do say this, but it's not our only method. We don't say, hey, go out this week and every one of you have to tell someone about Jesus. Yeah, that is one method. But we know this is that we have different gifts and methods and together we're like one big net, right? That we, we, we go out and we gather God's people. A lot of the way we've talked about doing God's mission has been like single fishing, rod and reel, throw one line out. Each one, reach one. That's what I grew up hearing. But the truth is this, it's all of us, all of us, you know, all of us kind of giving the world this big welcome and hug. And, and we have different gifts. It's like a big net gathering the people. So we exist to know his love and to share his love. Number two is this, we are witnesses to the world. We are witnesses to the world. We, we tell the world, hey, there's God right there. God's over there. We, we point God out. That's what we do is we witness to the world. And Jesus, Jesus gave these words to his disciples before he ascended to heaven. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power. Acts 1.8, if we can put that up. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I remember growing up that I, I was taught that witnessing was to show up at the food court mall, pass a piece of paper out to someone and then go have you know, Chick-fil-A at noon. Man, I, I'm not signed up for that. No way, no way. I mean, I guess God can use that because God can use anything. What a witness is, is it's somebody with a story somebody with an experience and your experience with God, your story with God allows you to say, to point your finger and say, there's God, there's God. And a lot, a lot of times we have to point and say, there's God because things in the name of Christianity are not God. And so we point away from those things and say, there's God. And the God who has revealed himself through scripture, he has a very distinct personality. He has a very distinct way of loving this world. And we keep pointing to that God. We don't point to the advancement of, the, of an agenda. We don't point to the manipulation of, of humanity. We point to an authentic, real God. And we say, there he is. There he is. And we are witnesses and CIL Church, our individual stories and our collective story that makes us a church family, we are a witness to God. And that's why I'm praying for our church 
to grow is so that we can keep pointing to Jesus. We can keep pointing to Jesus. And I pointed to the left. I should have pointed down here to the middle because the bread and cup that are here before us today on this particular Sunday are symbolic of the table, that there's always an open place and we point to Jesus and we point to his work. Here's number three. We care about the unchurched of North Nashville. We care about the unchurched of the North Nashville region, starting in Hendersonville, but also including all the places we live. And you know it, Gallatin. We have a lot of us who live in Gallatin, a lot of us who live in the White House. You know, Madison and Goodlettsville are so close to us. Parts of Nashville are so close to us. And people from Nashville used to never come to Hendersonville. Then they built the Sam's. And sometimes Nashville people come to Sam's Club. And by God, with Costco here, harvest is upon us, right? <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to care about every need in the world because we don't have the human capacity to. And we're aware of more needs like no other generation. We have access to information and needs like no one's ever had before. And so our, our hearts and our emotions don't have the capacity to care about everything as we should. And so we have to say, what has God called us to care for? And that list is quite long. But on that list is the unchurched of North Nashville. And I used to think those were non-Christians, but that's not true anymore. Because there's a lot of Christian people who need to be part of the church again. Uh, they, they have believed a lie that um, the relationship with God is disconnected from the church. And yes, I still believe they're going to heaven and I believe they're great people, but I also believe we need them. <laughs> and our church, the visible church, what is a visible church? It's when you can see people gathered, when spiritual authority is known, when the sacraments are offered, these things are for the world. And there's a lot of Christian people who, some who used to go to this church who need to be back at this church and some who have relocated and, and they decided not to attend church anymore. So, hey, grab one of these here because invite them to Easter. There's an invitation card near your seat and these will be thrown away after the 1045 service. So you can take one and you can maybe use it and, and then throw it away if you don't. Or we could just throw it away here in about three hours. So you might as well take one. Uh, this is all we have left. We have additional invitation cards outside. But it matters because we care. It, we care because the church is a gift to the world. And we want those who haven't been invited. And there's so many irreligious people or people, when I say irreligious, they just haven't been invited. They, they haven't, no one's asked them to come to church. Our fantastic Student pastor, Mauricio Barahona, no one invited him to church until he was 17 years old. And now here, 15 years later, he's leading a, a movement of students. Hey, someone needs to be invited. Someone needs to be asked. Someone just needs to know that if they came here, you would sit with them or you would say hello to them. And God, help us to care. And if you're visiting today and, and you've not been in church, you're an answer to prayer. So don't think, well, this, this, this message is not about me. It's absolutely about you because we've prayed for you and we've prepared for you 
because you have a God who's invited you to the table of the Lord. Number four, we will increase the biblical purposes of the church. What are the biblical purposes of the church? Discipleship, evangelism, worship, fellowship, service. We can talk about that at a later time. But that, this is a good question. A church is not just a gathering to hear great music and to hear talented speakers. I mean, we, we're doing music better and speaking better than we've ever done before. That doesn't make a church, okay? A show doesn't make a church. A church is somewhere where discipleship, evangelism, worship, fellowship, service to the world is occurring. And when, when we grow as a church family, so do all those things. Discipleship grows, evangelism grows, worship grows, fellowship grows, service to the community grows. That's why what we get to do together makes a huge, huge difference. Number five is this. We offer a unique culture to our area. Let's change that to area for next service. I said city, but, but let's change it to area for next service. So here's what I believe, that God's given us this very distinct personality. It doesn't mean we're better than other churches or worse than other churches. It means we are who we are. Wow, our media team already changed it. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> we are who we are. And so we offer something unique because God's called us. So what do we offer? We have an identity. It's not our mission. It's not our purpose. That's why I want to be clear, but it is an identity, an identity as a three streams church, which means that we offer scripture, which I'm offering right now. We offer uh, the sacraments, which is the bread and the cup and, and, and water baptism, which we're about to have. And we have capacity for the spirit, for the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe the Holy Spirit is active today. The Holy Spirit did not disappear with the last apostle. He's alive today. So the three S's, if you want to write it down, sacrament, scripture, spirit. We, we intentionally offer all three of those in our services and in our experience. And other really good churches don't offer all three of those. But if you like, if you like scripture and if you like the spirit and if you like the sacraments, hey, this is a good place for you, right? That's part of our culture. I think we have a culture where Leaders, great leaders in our community can worship alongside each other without a political agenda being pushed. I, I, I want us to be a safe place where civic leaders, governmental leaders, leaders in our schools can come and experience Jesus without getting suckered punch with an unexpected agenda. And so we're not a political church. We are a Jesus-focused church. That's part of our culture here. We have an intra-denominational culture, which meaning th this is that we, we don't have, all of our government is within our church. We're a local church. We don't, we, it's just us, guys. It's just us. We don't, have, we don't have big brother who's backing us up. But because of that, we are intra-denominational, meaning we don't think denominations are bad. And we, for those of you with a denominational background, we even can celebrate that. But that makes us unique. And then I just think we have a bunch of authentic people. We're just not very pretentious around here, okay? I think we could be. I think we're a talented bunch. I mean, I know stories, and I'm looking at all four of these sections, and I could tell you impressive things about everybody in these four sections, but that's not why we're here. We're not here 
to impress each other with worldly credentials. We're here to have an otherworldly experience through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Through, through what happens in the word and the sacraments in the scripture. Number six is this. We want Revelation 7-9 diversity. You're like, what's that? What's that? Well, I'm glad you asked. In Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, talking about our future with God, we get this revelation. That's why it's called Revelation. After this, I looked and there was a vast multitude from every nation, tribe, people, and language, which no one could number, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. So this idea of Revelation 7, 9, that at the throne of God, every nation, every tribe, every ethnic group, every people will be at the throne of God. And so we get a chance to demonstrate heaven on earth. And one of the things we get to do as Hendersonville and the North Nashville region diversifies ethnically, diversifies in, in where people come from, people coming from different regions of America, people immigrating from different parts of the world. We want to have open arms to say that we welcome multiracial uh, expressions. And that's an important part of not just uh, who we want to be, but who God's called us to be. It's not just part of who we want to be. It's part of who we will be in the future, according to Revelation 7, 9. Here's number seven. And you're about to see a demonstration of this in, in just three or four minutes. We must see the next generation experience the blessing of a growing church. We want to see our children and teenagers and college-age students and young professionals create their own stories. I don't want my kids to live off what happened in the 90s. I don't want my kids to live off what happened in the early 2000s off my stories. I want my adult kids and I want the children of this church and I want the young adults of this church to experience what it is when God sets the people on fire for his purposes. And we must see that. Psalm 71, verse 17 and 18 says, Oh God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, or parenthetically, gray beards, okay? <laughs> oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to all the generations to come. Isn't this a great song to sing? I want the next generation to know the Lord. That's why the famous theologian and martyr Diedrich Bonhoeffer said this, a righteous person is one who lives for the next generation. Wow, that's quite a take, isn't it? We must see the next generation, which includes, I mean, anyone younger than you, so I'll say everyone 46 and under, we must see them experience God for themselves. And here's number eight, and the last thing. We've been, we, CIL Church, has been entrusted with a strategic location. I mean, you couldn't get a better location than our church has. In case you don't know, we own 17 acres 20,000 square foot building with very little debt. I mean, debt we don't even think about and, and, and could be eliminated quite quickly if that's what God's called us to do long-term. And so guys, 
here we are. We have these 17 acres. And for you guys and girls who are on the mowing team, and if you want to be on the mowing team, see Pastor Deborah. But uh, I don't think it's God's will for the next five decades for us to just mow this yard forever. And I don't want to sell the stuff because I want to use the stuff for God's glory. Because this is, this is what I see. I'm starting to see 100 years down the road. And 100 years from now, I want to see Christ has loved church on these 17 acres. I want to see it. Well, I won't see it, but I'll have to see it from heaven. A hundred years from now, I want the gospel of Jesus Christ to shine brightly in this world on these 17 acres, because that's what God has called us to do. So that is why I'm praying for our church to grow. Hey, would you join me in prayer? God, I I, I just pray that uh, vision for the church family today would also be vision for individuals. Every single one here, it doesn't matter what sin they may have committed this week, what mistake they may have made this year, what misstep they've made. They're part of your story and your story for the world. And we praise your name. We bless your name for that. In Jesus' name, amen.